Once I started my online business, I was able to have that little bit of a breathing room, do more things that I like. I would see people on social media and I'm like, these people are living their best life. They're traveling, doing so much. And I saw myself starting to live that life. Hi, baby. Hop in the Lamborghini. Uh, I'm me, I'm me only, I'm me. Uh, hi, baby. Hop in the Lamborghini. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Stroke of Success. Today's guest is an interesting guest. I came across her profile on IG and I came across Astrid's uh, profile. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, interesting story. I started going through your, your reels. I'm like, okay, good candidate. So Astrid, thank you for joining us today. It means a lot to me and my, my followers, my, my viewers. Thank you for jumping on today. No, thank you so much. Thank you for the invite. Thank you for having me. Excited to chat it up and talk about success and all these boss-related things. Exactly. My, my, uh, after I had a stroke five years ago in Miami, Florida, almost died. My, I lost my job. So I, I found entrepreneurship and I've never looked back after that, right? Uh, my wife wants to do entrepreneurship now. And I think my viewers are, are those people that have some type of setback and challenges in their life that get some value from you. So as to start, where, where are you from? Where are you born and raised? So I am a first-generation immigrant. I was born in Caracas, Venezuela. Um, my mother is Colombian, so I kind of, I love to say I'm Venezuelan-Colombian. But yeah, I grew up there. I came over to the States with my family when I was about seven years old. Um, and, you know, we just came over with this whole idea and dream. We're leaving a country that was really just going downhill. Um, and my family just wanted me to have better opportunities. We were looking for that American dream and ended up in Miami, Florida. So that's where I was raised. So I was raised here in beautiful Miami, Florida, and um, pretty much did my schooling and everything here in South Florida. How old were you when you got to Miami? Um, so we had a different, like we had a little transition. We came for a little bit when I was six. Then my mother um, was pregnant with my sister, Stephanie, my younger sister. She was a little scared to deliver here in the States. We went back and then ended up coming back after my mom had my sister. So around seven years old I is when we made the permanent move to South Florida. Okay, cool. Um, Miami is like a melting pot. So there's a lot of Venezuelans, a lot of Colombians, so much culture. It's so rich here that when it comes to lifestyle, it wasn't like a big difference. But when it came to the holidays and family time, I think that's when like the biggest shock came in. Um, but I think we've done our best to, you know, keep the traditions going and, and still keep like the family together. That's beautiful. So you... As a student, were good? Were you obedient? Were you a straight A's? Or are you a troublemaker? I can't even lie about this because I feel like if anybody that went to high school, middle school, elementary school with me or a teacher comes across this, they're going to call out my bluff. Yeah. Um, I was always very active, very involved. So I was always in sports, always in activities, extracurricular activities, um, student government, whatever it may be. Yeah. I was very active. 
also very talk like talkative so I was always like Astrid sit in the front of the classroom I went to a private Catholic high school which was a little which was actually pretty firm and I got myself in a little bit of trouble always with the nuns and all okay. other strict ways but um I have I a feeling never, about that yeah <laughs> I was never ever like full like straight A student yeah I, I struggled. I struggled a lot when it came to, you know, sitting down, studying, doing all those things. It was really, really challenging for me. And I always compared myself to my sister, who was actually the complete opposite. Steph was and graduated always like top of her class, straight honor roll all the time. For me, I found schooling to be a little bit more challenging. And I always felt that way, including through and past uh, my journey in grad school. Okay. So interestingly enough, you're saying you were not a good student, but I looked you up. Uh, listen, when I do my research on a guest, I go into you know, the, in the skin of him. You obviously did okay because you were you became a, a nurse, I think. Or Speech a, pathologist. So, okay. Sorry, my bad. Tell us about that. Like, I mean, that's not an easy job to get into. It's a lot of studying, a lot of coursework. Yes, um, extremely difficult. So um, I got an associate's degree in occupational therapy. And from there, I realized that I didn't want to continue just uh, as my job as an occupational therapy assistant. And I wanted to further my education. I got a bachelor's degree in health science. Um, and I used that as in order for me to prepare to apply for grad school. And that's when I continued on and got my master's in speech language pathology, which yes, it was, I think one of the most challenging things for me, not only like the program itself, the studying, the coursework, the material, um, but also all the testing that goes along with it, such as like this, the board's exam, we take the praxis in speech. It's, you know, like a national board exam. And in order for you to pretty much graduate and get your license, you have to pass that. Uh, so yeah, I I went all the way through. I went to grad school. I got my master's degree, but I don't think it was something that I think was very easy. I think it was very challenging for me, but I never want to like shy people away from doing it. it. It was difficult, but it was doable. Interesting. Well, I, I, I'm going to share with you earlier, I had a stroke. Um, so your occupation, what you did for a living helped me a lot. I couldn't speak at all when I, when I got out of my, my coma. So I went to a lot of speech therapy and you got to do God's work. God bless you all. What made you choose that as a career at that time? Crazy. So I had an injury when I was, I believe, 20 years old. I must have been like 19 or 20 years old. I had um, an accident just like a freak accident, I fell and I fractured my pelvis. So I had to do some rehab myself. And that's when I was introduced into this therapy world. What happened while you leave the career? Oh, how much hard work? I'm sure the loans and law, tuition, all the great stuff with med medicine, uh, healthcare uh, jobs. What made you leave? So I feel like when I was working, I was always thinking of what's next, even though it was the weirdest feeling because I feel like you get your diploma, you get your career. And at that time, you should feel like you've made it right. And I did, I felt so accomplished, but something inside of me was always like, 
this isn't going to be it. There's got to be more. I felt like even though I was working extremely hard and I was really passionate about what I was doing, I was still living paycheck to paycheck and I was working, you know, 40 hours a week still, you know, on this hustle and bustle regardless, but I felt like I had no financial and time freedom. I felt like if I needed time off, I always felt like a little shame asking for it. And I had like the most amazing bosses. Like I never had somebody that was like, no, you can't take time off. But I think it's like a little shame internally that we have whenever we have to ask somebody else for time off. And I just, I didn't like that lifestyle in a sense, but I was happy. I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't trying to leave my job. I was happy with what I was doing, but eventually I came across this opportunity, which was presented to me, which was a partnership with the company that I am partnered with. And it just aligned with me because at that time, I just really wanted hair products and I wanted to fix my hair. My hair was very damaged. And then the opportunity presented itself for me to partner with the number one premium hair care company in the world. And I was like, you know what? It seems to like match up. I could do this as a side hustle while I work. I can you know, run my little side business. And that's really how it started. My intentions were never to leave my career, walk away from my career. My intentions were just to attain a little bit more financial flexibility in a sense and be able to make some extra cash on the side. Breathe, to breathe a little bit, right? I mean. Yeah, yeah we need that little breathing room. And yeah, I, I wasn't expecting for my side hustle to turn into my main hustle the way that it did. Yeah. Um, I count my blessings. I'm extremely happy with the way things turned out. But once I started my online business, I was able to have that little bit of a breathing room. I was able to do more things that I liked. I would see people on social media and I'm like, these people are living their best life. They're traveling. They're doing so much. Like I want to live that type of life. And I saw myself starting to live that life through entrepreneurship. And unfortunately in 2020, I started my online business in 2019, but unfortunately in 2020, when the pandemic hit, I was pretty much out of a pediatric job. I had out of all my patients, probably only like two were open to virtual therapy. That just made me like really redirect my focus to my online business because that's really what was working for me at the time. Yeah, that's, I think, how the transition began. It began through me realizing that there are other opportunities out there. And I was able to, you know, like duplicate, triple my income and find that breathing room, that flexibility, that time freedom. Um, so that's, that's awesome. kind of how it all went down. <laughs> it seemed like it's God's work, right? I mean, you were probably putting it out there to the universe, right? To God, you believe in law of attraction and what you think about, what you bring about, right? Yeah, I do. I'm a big, um, I'm a big believer in manifestation, but I also believe that in order to manifest things, you have to like match it with the work ethic, right? So that's the one thing they forget, law of action. You have to take action, right? Yeah. I'm sure you're, you're wanting, I mean, God put this situation in your, in your, in your lap, like, hey, your day job is not going to work out. This opportunity pops up and you jumped on there. 
when did the TV show Wax jump in there? It's in a timeline. Yeah. So reality TV, that was a whole other chapter in my life. That was actually during my grad school process. I was not working as a speech pathologist while I was filming Wags. We were actually filming Wags while I was in grad school. So to add to the madness of grad school, I was dealing with reality TV trauma and everything else in addition to the coursework and everything else we had going on. How, how was the experience, Astrid? I mean, um, I have another guest who's going to come in the future. Someone I know also did a reality show. How was the experience for you? Um, you know, I think it was a, it's kind of like one of those bittersweet experiences where I'm like, put in my path for a certain reason. I think I learned a lot throughout the journey. I learned to appreciate a lot of things that I think I craved before. So, you know, I feel like as a woman, you see like reality TV shows and you're like, oh my gosh, if my friends and I had a reality TV show, it'd be so amazing. It'd be so fun. We'd kill it. And then all of a sudden that comes to life and then you start losing your privacy and you start being like really put in a spotlight to be judged, be criticized. And um, when I came into this reality TV world, I just wanted to spread positivity. And in reality, it's not what sells. People want the drama, people want all of that. And It just, it didn't align with me in a sense, but I learned a lot. You need to stay humble. A lot of the times we want all these nice things because I still do, you know, I love nice cars, nice purses, nice bags, but I was really in an environment where it was a lot of women that quote unquote had it all from the outsider's point of view, they had the lavish life, the cars, everything, but they were still unhappy. And that's when I realized that a lot of people were missing purpose. And um, I think it changed me a lot as a person. So I look back at the show and I'm like, oh my goodness, how cringy to watch this. But I'm like, you know what? I had to go through that to become the woman that I am today because I took so many valuable lessons from the fights, the bickering, the drama, the gossip to molding me into the woman that I am that I'm like, none of that is worth my time, my energy. I have a purpose. I want to lead with love, lead with purpose. So I think, you know, that's why people ask me now, like, would you do another reality TV show? I'm like, it just wouldn't align with the person that I am today. So this is a Housewives of Miami, Florida calls you tomorrow from Bravo TV Network. The answer is no, huh, Astrid? No, no. I am so focused on, on what I'm doing. And I feel like I really have a big gift in my hands. I I am enjoying my journey and I just don't want any distraction, especially nothing negative. And I feel like most of the stuff that you do get from these reality TV shows are toxic. It's toxic, it's drama, and it's just like kind of an environment where I'm so disconnected from. I wouldn't be long there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree would, with you. They'd fire uh, me. They'd fire you're, me. You're, you're a leader, so I get it. How about acting? You're beautiful girl. You think about doing acting in Hollywood? Never thought about it? No, I am sticking to what I am doing and I am laser focused. Yeah. Let's let's go back to that now. So what's the company name you're partnering with? So I am partnered with Monique. 
when I first partnered with them, it was a hair care company. And now we have grown. Now we're hair care, skin care, and wellness. We have amazing products. And the reason why this also aligns with me is because our products are all vegan. They can, and I'm not vegan, but I'm very cautious on what I use and what products I use. So um, the products contain no harmful or toxic chemicals whatsoever. It's just really clean beauty products. Right. And it's something I'm very passionate about. I feel like, and I don't know the numbers off of the top of my head, but I believe the US right now at the moment only bans 11 chemicals from the beauty industry. And Europe bans probably like 1500 as of now. So I think there's a big gap in what's happening with the beauty industry in the US. And these are products that we're exposing ourselves to pretty much daily. So um, yeah, I feel like the company is in alignment with me, things that I care about. And not only am I able to share these amazing products, but I'm also able to share this amazing business opportunity with other people. After so, I heard the word alignment from you about 20 times already. I love that word myself. I try to instill uh, mine from now, the young girls, alignment, alignment, alignment. And this is such a crucial world, word that's getting popular now, thank God. Um, what does it mean to you to be aligned? I think in order for things to be aligned for me, they have to be within my scope of like purpose, right? So I believe I have a purpose. If it does not work towards my purpose, or if it's not hand to hand with my purpose, then it doesn't align with me, right? I have certain values, certain beliefs that I hold really highly. So for things to be aligned, they have to be, you know, within what I believe my purpose is within my faith and all these like things, that. right? Agreed. So I can't do things that I do not truly believe in that I'm not passionate about because I just don't see the purpose, right? I rather just not involve myself with it. Uh, I have my goals like and my vision just so clear. So I don't have any times for distraction. Everything that's not getting me to my goal, to my love that to my vision, it's not an alignment. It's a distraction. That's amazing. I love that. You're a girl, you are a girl boss. Good for you. Um that's amazing. Take you're single. I am. Okay. I am single. So to be at a level of leadership that you are and the success you have achieved, how hard is it to meet a guy who matches that? To be honest, I think that it, it it's difficult, but it's really not because it's who you choose to give your attention to, right? I probably wouldn't give any attention to somebody that I don't feel like is a leader or somebody that lacks those qualities. So I think it's just your environment. Mine has grown a lot uh, in many ways, right? I mean, um, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, but I mean, I'm sure you have to be careful people coming after your success, right? And what you have achieved also. Uh, you know, I try not to think of that. I always tell myself, you know, you have a lot to lose. So you have to be careful who you interact with, who you come yeah. around with and what it is that you're doing. So I always try to believe at least that 
I have a good judgment of character and that the people that are allowed in my space, not just like romantically, but also friendships, like relationships are people that also want what's best for me and that are not trying to just take from me. Instead, they want to add to what I have or what I've built. So I think that gives me like a little peace of mind. Just, you know, I, I do feel like I could pick up people's intentions pretty early on. So you never know. You never know. Is it like you recruit and then you have, is it, is it like a, a network marketing type of thing? Uh, for my viewers and listeners, listen to me. Network marketing is where it's at, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the, the income potential is unlimited. You'll hear, you'll hear some negative remarks from people and stuff. That's, uh, what's that word? I forget. There's a word they have. A pyramid scheme. Listen, everything is a pyramid scheme. And all business, if you look at it, at it uh, carefully, is a pyramid, right? Um, network marketing is a great tool if you can, if you have, and you tell me, Astrid, for it to be successful in network marketing, in your, in your experience, in your perspective. I love this. So I think the number one thing is that, myself included, when I came into network marketing, I had no idea what, how it really worked. And as you heard me say in the beginning, I was working in my career and all I wanted was a little side hustle. So I can make an extra source of income. So I believe most people come into network marketing and they see it as a side hustle, as a little side thing. And I think that's the number one mistake people make. And I think that was like the number one mistake I have made uh, is coming into network marketing and being like, oh, this is my side hustle because of what you said, the potential in network marketing is so huge that I think the minute that you call it a little side hustle, you're already automatically playing it small. You're already not tapping into the potential that there is. You know, the minute that you're already like, oh, it's just a side thing that I do, you're not fully focused on it. So I think that's probably the, the biggest mistake that people make. It's just sure. that they come in and they're like, Oh, it's just a little thing I'm doing on the side. Um, and then the second thing I think is discipline. I feel like a lot of times, including myself, you know, we come into network marketing, you no longer have a boss. You have to let go of that mentality that you are an employee and transition to that boss mentality. And I think that is challenging. You don't have somebody waking up every day telling you, you know, get to work. It's you versus you. It's you versus that discipline. And I feel like that's sometimes very challenging for people that are so conditioned to have like a nine to five and somebody telling them like, this is what you need to do. These are your tasks. This is your lunch break. You clock in at this time. You clock out at that time, you know, that's what I think the biggest difference is. So playing it small, coming into it, just being like, oh, it's a little side hustle or two, just not having the discipline to really treat it like a business and showing up for it. I agree. So I'm a team leader for a real estate company, my day job. <laughs> and I recruit real estate agents all the time. And I and same, same thing I say to them too, like, you guys come, I'm not your boss. I'm a leader. I help you, you know, with fire, putting up fires and questions and stuff. However, like when you work for a 95, you know, you have a job to do. You cannot stick, skip out. You can't take a vacation every other weekend. But when you come to real estate, you don't treat it like that. And you wonder why you're not doing as well. You said discipline. And um, I love that. And I think cons- you have to be consistent, right? So you're a director? Yes. Okay. And how long have you been with 
was it you said Manavi? Money. Money. How long have you been money for exactly? So actually this month in May, it's been four years since I've been partnered with a company. So it's been four years. It's actually gone by extremely fast. But yeah, I, I came into the business, like I said, and I was like, you know, I, I want a little side hustle. Once I came into it and I realized the earning potential and what I could possibly once I came in and I realized like the earning potential, I was like, you know what, Astrid, you need to put your head down. You need to be disciplined. You need to be focused and you need to work towards these goals. So within six months of me being into the company, I qualified um, for the motor program. I made it to the mentor rank in the company. And then 11 months in to the company, I hit my first director rank. So I really think with network marketing, it's one of those things that if you like laser focus for like a year six months the rewards are so so huge right um i think sometimes it's easier to study a book and stay up all night and go and give a test and you know what to expect right entrepreneurship there's there's no black and white blueprint you agree a hundred percent so actually like habits habits of a lady boss habits of an entrepreneur habits of a successful individual what habits did you have to, for you to climb the ladder like that in four years? What were, give me two or three of them. The first one is what I mentioned, discipline. I Number think, one. yeah, I think habits of a boss babe or whatever it is, is that discipline, right? It's showing up as what you say you're going to do and having those non-negotiables and making sure that you don't fall short of that. And the only way that you accomplish it is by showing up daily, right? If you really, and I tell people this all the time, I'm like, I could sit here and be like, I'm a boss babe and get on social media and be on Instagram and TikTok and be like, I'm a boss babe. But at the end of the day, at nighttime, when I lay my head on that pillow, the only person that you're lying to is yourself if you're really not doing the work, right? So I think definitely, Habits is discipline, showing up daily for yourself. Um, second habit, I think lifestyle. I think in order for you to That's be a, really good a successful entrepreneur, you have to be picky on how you choose to live your days. Wow. And I realized that when I was working I spent a lot of times doing things that weren't income producing activities, right? I would go out and hang out for too long. I would Netflix and binge watch TV shows. And that just, that lifestyle wasn't, it wasn't productive. So I feel like I've adapted like a healthy lifestyle that matches who I am, right? Whether it's getting up, going to the gym, eating cleaner, all those things, I feel like they give me energy. They keep me motivated. So, you know, before I get in the car and I just turn on the radio and blast whatever music and don't get me wrong because I do that. But, you know, sometimes I want to swap that out for podcasts. So I think, you know, lifestyle, personal development Love that. Is, is another thing Love that. that I think would be my second one. So I think I said the Love first that. one is Number one, discipline, consistency, and then the second yeah, one is lifestyle. just like lifestyle and personal development. Personal development. Let's talk about that. Um, I mean, you're you're a, you're a world speaker now. I see you speaking on stages, which is amazing. 
Uh, do you go to conventions? Do you go to these seminars like Tony Robbins, for example, or like which ones do you do? Do you invest in that? Talk about that. Yes. So I think that is like one of the biggest things is like finding mentors. And a lot of the times people are like, well, I, I can't afford a Tony Robbins to be a mentor. Right. And a lot of the things that I did before me being able to afford a Tony Robbins seminar or whatever it is, um, I would listen to podcasts and listen to books. And that helped me a lot. With my company, they do some amazing incentives that once you reach the director rank in the company, they give you access to mentorship programs. So right now I am getting personally mentored by John Maxwell and Todd Duncan, wow. which are absolutely the amazing. The amazing. Yeah. yeah, they're like, I can't even explain. And um the Monet organizes annual conventions. We always have different guest speakers. So this year, um, past year, actually, we had Tony Robbins as one of our keynote speakers. But in the past, we've had Ed Milet, John Maxwell, so many people that are just so powerful when it comes to that personal development. There's guys that I personally, like I paid a trip out of pocket to go to Nashville to go see Ed Milet and Andy oh, Priscilla. Beautiful. Those and, guys. and honestly, their experiences that just have molded me and shaped me and have learned and taken so much away from. But I think like every next level of you is going to require a different version of you. You can't like just stay the same and expect to be different, right? Like if nothing changes, nothing changes. And sometimes we need to invest in ourselves, whether it is investing in picking up a book, investing time into listening to these podcasts, or, you know, like I did getting myself and budgeting for going to Nashville to see Ed Milet and Andy Frisella in person, or being able to go to my annual morning conference in order for me to be able to listen, not only to the keynote speakers that they have, but also people in our business, because at our annual conference, some of our top leaders get to talk and, and present as well. So for me, that's really, really important. That's beautiful. Well, Astrid, you are a woman of purpose. I'm so happy our paths crossed. Um, your sister is part of the company too, right? How did that feel to bring your sister on board? I'm sure it's probably like a proud moment for you. Yeah, I think um, my sister was kind of one of my biggest stars, not just because of what she accomplishes with the business, but because when she came into the business, she was completely different than I am. You know, she's very introverted, was very shy. was like, I'm never going to show face on camera. And for me, sometimes when people join me on this business venture, of course, we all want to make money, right? The, the financial aspect of it is huge. The fact that this is like an uncapped salary, you can come in here and I can show you how to make you know, six figures from your phone, like all those things are really exciting because we do want a life of financial freedom, right? But in a case like my sister, I feel like this business helped her step in to the best version of herself. She was able to let go of all those limiting beliefs that were hindering her because she was like, no, because of you and your personality, you can do this, but I can't. And I was like, 
I promise you that you truly can do this too. And now she sometimes just like does things that I'm like, wow, like I couldn't even do that. She does so amazing. So there's a lot of things that, that have gained from network marketing. And I think being able to change the lives of others in a positive way is sometimes even more rewarding than the monetary aspect of it. That's amazing. So happy. As you see one person helping their family, your daily routine is good through that quickly. So I know you work out quite a bit. So what time do you go to sleep? When there's no heat games. Yes. <laughs> By the way, good work last night, right? That was a good win last That's night. Awesome. I'm like, ah. Um, I honestly try to make sure Monday through Thursday, I'm in bed like by 10 p.m. I usually like 10, 10, 30 p.m. That's kind of like my clock out time. Um, and it's even that late because I do host a lot of trainings like at eight or nine o'clock. But that's pretty much like after that, I wrap up my night. Um, I have a very structured Monday through Thursday. Every, you know, I have. I just have my activities and everything scheduled. So Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, I wake up. I'm at the gym at 7 a.m. I do boxing. Tuesdays, I have my yoga. And Thursdays, I have my golf lessons. I come home. And then from 11 to 1 or 11 to 2, those are my work hours. Even though I don't clock in and clock out, I like to have that structure. I love to time block. So from 11 to 2, I'll sit down. I work. Um, today I'm working on making little like envelopes that I'm sending out to some of my clients with little goodies in them saying thank you, whatever it needs to be done for my business. Um, I do that during my work hours. Then I take a lunch break, kind of like unwind, play with my puppies, go to lunch with my friends if I need to be. And then I kind of come back, refocus, and then host my trainings in the evenings. And that keeps me in line. That keeps me in check. You know, Miami, there is always something okay. to do there's always something to do and my early morning workouts and my night calls just keep me away from doing all those distractions because I know that I, I have to be present and I have to do those things and I have to prepare for those things um during the weekends I try to be a little bit more lenient with my schedule even with my eating and my workouts I'll do something for fun. But I will say that I have kind of earned that. I have been able to have a lenient weekend, but it wasn't like that when I first started my network marketing business. When I first had like, I wanted to get director, I wanted to get to the car. I wanted to do those things. I didn't even have like a Saturday off. I was full grind mode. So I think, you know, you work, you work, and then you reap the benefits of everything, your hard work. And now I can take a little bit light, it a little bit lighter on the weekends, but that wasn't the case before. So when it comes to daily schedules and daily routines, I think you have to really hold yourself accountable as to where you are in life and what your goals are. And what level of commitment you want to give to your business, you know, from there, you're able to, to move forward and, you know, how you're able to time block or how you're able to set your days. So this is what works for me at this point, but my schedule now would have definitely not worked for me when I was starting off the business. I was working two jobs. I was working at a pediatric outpatient and I was working at a skilled nursing facility. So depending on my days, sometimes I would leave my house at 6 a.m. and not get back till 7 p.m. And then I would just get home and from 7.30 to probably Prospect. like 
10, 11 o'clock, I would just work my online business. So a lot of the times when people are like, oh, I don't have the time. I'm like, you do have the time. You have the time. You can make the time for the things that you truly want. Yeah. So for me, when I was working my speech job Monday through Friday, the times where I would really be able to schedule most of my calls, my events, my meetups, it had to be on the weekends. So weekends, I was full-blown working my online business because Monday through Friday, I had my speech job. So definitely my schedule was completely different then. Where do we expect Astra to be? Well, I, even though I am a director with the company, I am still not, I have not reached the top rank in the company, which is the senior executive director with my company. So if we talk in two years, I hope to be there by then. I definitely will be then by then be there by then. And also our company has um, million dollar club, which I am trying to get to, which means that you've learned, you've earned over a million dollars in commissions with the company. So I just, you know, I'm pushing for the millionaires club. I'm pushing for the senior executive director club um, rank. Sorry. So yeah, if we talk two, three years from now, I hope to be part of the million dollar club with Monet and I hope to be a senior executive director with Monet. Awesome. And in the meantime, I am laser focused, got my blinders on working head. So if, if, if Bravo calls you tomorrow, Bravo network and say, Hey, hard. No, non-negotiable. No, non-negotiable. Like focus, 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 focus. After where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at Astrid Bavaresco, A-S-T-R-I-D-B-A-V-A-R-E-S-C-O. Um, I'm on Instagram, on Twitter, and on TikTok, the same name. So you can, and Facebook too. You can find me on all socials with the same um, handle. I'll, I'll leave it in the description for everyone here. Uh, guys, what's the takeaway here? Um, you know, working hard, no excuses, working with purpose, discipline alignment um everything she else asked her talked about today is something i personally uh, believe in and i, I strive for it myself self-development is super important lifestyle so let me just touch on that quickly you know I'm, i was living in miami for a good 20 years i have south beach was south beach i was partying all the time and, they, and i was doing real estate back then too but i can tell my party lifestyle was coming into my real estate business and therefore i didn't succeed as much as i should have had um, it's okay to party or okay to have dinners with friends and stuff. But when you're starting off your entrepreneur business, your venture, I think first two to three years after, do you agree? You should be head on forward, blinders on, right? And give it your all because like even going out at night, drinking your friends can then next day can over, um, overlap into your day. You're tired, you have hung, you're, you're hungover and you're not going to perform the best way. You won't be the best person prospecting. If you listen to the greatest people, Patrick, but David, Ed Milet, Grant Cardone, none of you guys really drink, don't, they don't, I mean, you know, and, and uh, you know, but they say that they will not be there 100% the next day to prospect. So Astrid, I love it. Thank you so much for jumping on board today. I know you're busy, but you know, uh, before I go also, further note, you are very humble. I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm kind of, I was a little surprised, you know, Miami, you know, people in mind can get their head up in the sky sometimes, but you've been such a delight to work with our e correspondence on IG and email. It was so delightful. And today, your, your, your attitude of servitude, God bless you. Thank you for everything you're doing for us.
Thank you. No, God bless you too. I think, you know, there's a lot of power in us sharing our stories. And that's why I was like, let me hop on because I don't know who can come across this and I can serve of as value. I think that's my goal is to, you know, show people that there is more to life that we are all capable of more. We are all deserving of more. And um, if there's like one thing that I always tell people is faith over fear, have make sure that your faith is greater than your fear. If something, if you're getting a calling or you're getting an intuition to try something new, to step out of your comfort zone, um, trust that feeling and have faith that it's there for a purpose. Don't let fear scare you away from tapping into your full potential. So thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, Astrid. Thank you so much.